Okay. If you carry your little book with you, uh, it's in the first two pages. If not, it's up here on the screen. Uh, we're going to read it together again. And uh, beautiful passage. Love this passage. You ready? Okay. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us before Him. him. Crash. Okay. Let's stop right there. You know, once somebody stumbles in a whole line of people, everyone piles up on top. That's what happened. We're going to start with just that, right? There we go. Just as He chose us before, before that we would be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself according to the kind intention of His will to the praise of the glory of His grace which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace which He lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight, He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His kind intention which He purposed in Him with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. In Him also we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to His purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. Woo! I love it. So anyone real close now? You notice I, every week we read this, I stumble on the very same phrase. And I've been doing that all along. But we got to learn it. I mean, especially we got to know it. And that's what we're studying together in this uh, Ephesians passage, our identity in Christ, and what a difference He has made. And I'm going to share with you again today from verse 8 through 10, but we've got to talk to the Lord first. This is one challenging little passage. Heavenly Father, we come before you today thankful for you giving to us a passage like this that we could spend time looking at, learning from, and trying to understand how do we then live. I pray, Lord, that you'll challenge us today with your word. Uh, give us understanding for a passage like this. And uh, be pleased, Lord, to bring glory to yourself through what we've learned today and how it's changing us. We praise you for all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the passage in front of us today it's probably, if you're working on memorizing this, you say, this is the hard section to memorize. 
the wording is challenging, and the words are big, big words. And it starts in verse number 8, where it says, In all wisdom and insight he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. That's an easy one, right? Look at that and say, huh, that's pretty, pretty fascinating. It looks very complicated. And there is a lot in that that could be complicated. We have studied such words as redeemed and forgiven. We've even added the word lavish last week in our study. And those are words that are more familiar to us. We're more comfortable with those. And we, we rejoice in those things. But verse 8 through 10 starts to get rather involved. I'm going to do my best today I, to work on a passage that I think is very rich, is very beautiful. The thing that the Lord has done for us is incredible. And I hope that I can hit the target here. To be informed is just as much a blessing as all the other things we've studied so far. We have looked at the word blessed, chosen, blameless, holy, predestined, adopted, redeemed, forgiven. We've seen all those words so far in our study. And I've made this point. These are your identities in Christ. This is what you have. This is who you are because of Jesus Christ. You can't have one of these and not the others. They're all in the same thing. This is not multiple choice. Pick the thing you want. (laughs) And I'll just take two of those. You can't do that. These are all yours in Christ. And every single one of them, according to verse 3, are blessings that He's given to us. He's given to you every spiritual blessing. This is just a sample of those things. But you can't have one and not the other. And also, we've noted this, and I say it every single time, just so you remember, you do not earn these. There's nothing you have done or I have done to gain this kind of relationship with the Father to be able to wear these titles. They were given to you because of Jesus Christ. It was His life that was paid so that you can have a relationship with the Father, so that He can bless you with these things. It's because of your Savior. And that's why it says, in Him, in Him, in Him, in Him, all the way through the passage. So we don't want to ignore that. That's important to this. Um, He gave His own blood so that you can have this special relationship with Him. Not only that, But he brought you into a relationship with God, and he did it all, but he's done it abundantly. You're not barely squeaking in with these words. As we saw last week, he's lavished them upon us. I just love that concept. You're you're not getting tiny doses. He's not saying, okay, I'm going to redeem all these people and give them that title, but since there's so many of them, I've got to spread it out so you only get 3%. Now, it's, it's a lavishing that he has done. That's the way he's done this. And so all of these are beautiful words. They're abundant words. They're fantastic things and things we need to know. Living in a world like ours, you need to know 
what God thinks of you. And this is our passage for that. So, the main thing that we will see in verse number 9 today is also an identity you wear. You're going to say, really? Yeah. You are informed. You are informed. That's the word I give to it. In the middle of verse number 9, the start maybe, it says that He has made known to us. He has made known to us the mystery of His will. We have learned something over the years. And that is that even though we have the most incredible abilities to communicate with each other, think of it. We can get a message to a missionary on the other side of the world in a matter of moments. Or they can get a message to us just as quickly. We can send pictures. We can send files. We can send documents. We can actually talk to each other now across the screen from all kinds of places on the earth. You can see the person you're talking to. There are people right now watching us from their own home. And they're not all right in the neighborhood. <laughs> they could be many, many miles away and they're watching our service today over Zoom. That is an incredible technology we have. It's been uh, developing over the years and for all the years I've been teaching the Greek language, for many of those I've taught with Tyndale Seminary. And I had students all the way from the Ukraine as students. And, and we communicated every day on email back and forth as, as my student was going through his coursework. And one day as I'm working with him, I get a message that I have a new student now. And that student is also from Ukraine, and it's a lady. And I said, well, now this is rather interesting. Two students from Ukraine at the same time learning Greek. They're both from Kiev, of all places. And I said, hmm. So I respond to my first student, and I say, hey, I'm really amazed at this, but there's another student in Ukraine now taking the Greek classes, too. Uh, some lady, I think maybe you ought to go introduce yourself to her and say, hey, I'm taking the class too. She says, well, yeah, I know. She's my fiance. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. Well, that was interesting. But since then, he tells a story that I put them together being in my Greek class. And I'd like to think that Greek brings people together. So, anyway, you've met him. His name's Paul Miles. He's come up here and shared before. But with all these capabilities to communicate like we do, I've often asked, what would the Apostle Paul do with this? What would he do with a Facebook page? What would he do with Zoom? That would be amazing. But here's the truth of it all. And this is the point I want to make. With all that communication, we have a society now with more problems of communication than ever before, I think. People don't really know people. And it's an interesting thing to see. But to our point today, God's communication to us, revealing truth to us, informing us of who He is, of His character, of His actions, of His dealing with people and with history, it's all recorded in a single place. And it's in your hand right now. It's the Bible. 
God has recorded for us a masterpiece. Not only in its content, but also in the fact that nearly 2,000 years at its youngest age, it goes back even further than that, but 2,000 years since it's been really composed all together in the form that you carry today, it is as relevant today as a sunrise was. And yet it's that old. God did not design His Word to be replaced. He did not create it to wear out and fade away and start with some new fad. In 1 Peter, it says, in verse 23-25, For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, through the living and enduring Word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass, and that grass withers, and we know that well, and the flower falls off. But the Word of the Lord endures forever. Do you know what you're holding in your hand? That is one incredible book. God's ability to communicate to us is seen in the variety in which He has done it, by the way. God has spoken audibly to people. It's recorded in this book. God has spoken in dreams and visions. That's recorded in this book. God has spoken to angels. Recorded in this book. God has used prophets and priests and even kings and fig growers and shepherds and medical doctors and Pharisees and even a donkey to communicate His message. We know all that's true. We even say that creation declares the glory of God because that's what this book says. The writer of Hebrews, when he began his book, he wrote these in the first two verses. God, after He spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions, in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom He also made the world. That's very logical. Jesus is called the Word in John chapter 1. And God made it a point, even in the record that he has written that no one comes to him apart from Jesus. Right? No one can. So what we learn about God and his will is made possible by Jesus himself. No one has seen the Father at any time, but the Son has explained him. Has explained him. There's a great emphasis on that. Even if you go to John 17, the prayer of Jesus, on behalf of His disciples and all the others that would follow them, He goes to the point of He has come to make His Father known. To make Him known. So when you pass into Ephesians chapter 1, verse 8 through verse number 10, I want to show you something to start with. In all wisdom and insight, He made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His kind intention, watch this, which He purposed in Him. Who's Him? That's Jesus Christ. What we are learning today is because our Savior made it possible. What we have known today, up to this point, is because our Savior made it possible. This entire passage ought to turn us into praise. 
because we do that at the end of verse 6. We do it again in several other places where it just suddenly bursts out to the praise of the glory of His grace. This is what He's done for us. So, when we go through this process this morning, walking through the main thoughts here in verse number 9 and 10 especially, remember, this is something God has done for you and it relates to your identity in Christ. Alright? It's very important to understand this. He made known to you certain things about His will. Certain things our world does not understand because they don't know Him. This is a very important part of our study. And as these things are popping up as I was studying them, I said, where do we start, Lord? Where do we start on this verse? Let's start with the easiest stuff. You like that? Here's the first thing. You go for the verb. I love going for the verb. And it starts in verse number 9. He has made known. I always like to emphasize all the way through here all the things that God has done. This is what He has done. He has made known. He has made known. Our little verb here, for you Greek scholars out there, is gnosko. You say, oh, cool. That's really neat. Gnosko. What is that? That is a knowledge that comes from experience or practice. A knowledge that comes from experience or practice. We can read the instructions, but it is in the doing that we actually learn how to do it. You know that. Sometimes instructions don't even make sense unless they have pictures, right? But we say, give me the instructions. Give me the instructions. But it's the doing. Sometimes that's the missing part of anyone's education. Is that they, all the teaching comes and fills their head and there's no practice to round it out to see how it works. For example, God did not give you the Bible. This might surprise you. God did not give you the Bible so that you can win a trivia contest. Are you surprised? Oh, there's enough knowledge there you can stuff in your head and you can win. About Nehemiah or about the, the name of the donkey or something. No, there's no name. You know that. It's in the book of David, right? Okay, you get it. But God does give us the instructions, doesn't He? He gives us the instructions. He gives us information. But then He makes us practice it. That's all faith. He wants us to grow in it. So, as a pastor, of course, or a pastor of a Bible church, what am I going to say? Read your Bible. Right? Have I ever said that before? Okay. Read your Bible. How often? What do I suggest? How about every day? You could go after David's style in Psalm chapter 1 and read it day and night. And that's what he highly recommends because those are blessed people. But I like to hear when somebody says, you know, Pastor, I finally did it. I read through it all the way through it one year. Wonderful. I love it. That's a good thing to do. But what's even more thrilling than just reading it is as John wrote in his third epistle, he says, I have no greater joy than this to hear of my children walking in the truth. He didn't say just learning the truth or reading the truth, but walking in the truth. That's where it becomes the practice of an individual. And that's the word you're looking at here today. This made known phrase is much more than just the information. It is the practice of what you have heard. 
it is that kind of knowledge that grows. <laughs> and I think this is great because when the Lord looked down upon us, He says, you know what? They can't handle the full load at one time. Our circus can't handle it. He says, but I'll teach it to them. And they will grow into it. Just like you don't teach uh, multiplication to a preschooler. Well, some of them maybe are smart enough. But uh, you, you generally work them up to it. The Lord is kind to us this way. He's patient with us this way. And it says He has made known to us. He's giving to us room for the practical knowledge of the facts of the Gospel. We are growing in our understanding. It's a process, folks. It's a process. A growing understanding kind of word. He knew in His wisdom we couldn't handle it all. He gradually works us into understanding. Here's what I'm going to suggest. That where you are right now in your spiritual walk is further along than you were five years ago. True? If you're not, let's have a talk. Alright? We're supposed to be growing. And that's the process the Lord understands. And that's His way of informing you of the way that He is working in your life. Right here it says it. He has made known. And He's done that in that progressive way of letting you grow. Letting you grow. Letting you grow. And here's what's also interesting about this, and I'll get a little technical for a minute. Don't turn off. Okay? You're not looking at a true verb here for you grammaticians to understand English and all that. It's a participle. It's something going on at the same time as something else. Alright? That's the way those operate in such. Um, so, that's not the main action, but it's something that's been going on during the action. And a quick investigation makes this pretty simple. The main thing he's been talking about is the fact he's redeemed you. He's forgiven you. He's lavished it upon you. And all the while... He has been informing you, informing you, informing you, informing you, and you know more about it now than you used to. Forgiveness should be an awful lot more sweeter to you now than it was before. Redemption starting to make a little more sense than it used to. And this is the process that He's taking us through. So when we read this, it's very important. How did you come to know this? How did you know that you were redeemed? How do you know that you're forgiven? You got an email, right? Where did you find it? Is it not in this book? Romans tells you this. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of Christ. Isn't this interesting how it all works? This is just the way God has designed it. So I'm going to turn the, the participle into its natural flavor here, and it's going to sound a little bit different, but this is what the verse looks like now. Starting in verse 7, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished on us, in all wisdom and insight, after He made known to us the mystery of His will, you see, he's been doing it all along. You're not sitting here waiting. When is he going to get started? He's already been doing this. After he's made known to us. This is where we put all the pieces together. We get an understanding of his will. You know, the word mystery pops up here. Mystery is something that wasn't revealed before, but is now revealed today. 
somebody has taken the lid off of it so that you can see what it's all about. It's kind of like those Christmas gifts underneath the tree for two or three weeks. Drives you crazy, doesn't it? Are you the one that can use the knife just right to pop the tape to open it up and get it back shut and they never know? No? I got a brother like that. We're so curious to know what's inside. God says, I took the cover off. Here it is. This is what I've been doing all along. He's revealed it to you. At some point, at some time, I can't say when, you probably can. But God had your mind and your heart directed to the truth of that gospel. I don't understand the process all the time, but this is what God does. It says in the book of John, He draws us to Him. Draws us to Him. And it's a mystery to me at times to say, how exactly does that work? But we come to an understanding. We understand it from His Word. And sometimes you could read that Word a thousand times and not quite understand it. But it says He was unwilling that any should perish. It says that we are all sinners and we deserve God's wrath. It says He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to pay for the penalty of our sins. It says that He died in our place. And that by faith in Him, His complete atoning work will redeem and forgive you and make you a child of God. That's an amazing thing I read about. And you see, salvation does not happen by accident. God designs it. God designs it. God does not save people without knowledge that they need to be saved. He's not going to fill heaven with people who are total strangers to Him. I can't go into the particular complexities of all that, but I do praise God that He saved me. And you could go a long time in the church without the knowledge of Christ, without the understanding of salvation, it is God who informed us. It is God who informed us of our need and what we have right now in redemption and forgiveness. That's why the praise goes to Him, even with such a comment. He informed us. He did it. He brought you to learn, to understand. He did it in such a lavish way, if you look back on it. He's allowed you to grow in your understanding of His salvation so it becomes more and more beautiful to you as time goes by. You start to see the depth and you start to see the height and you start to see the length and the width and understand more and more the love of Christ. That was Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. But this is what God has been doing in you. One of the most complicated sections of the book of Romans. Uh, perhaps more intense than some of the other passages. Uh, Paul couldn't contain himself any longer, thinking about what God was doing and revealing. And he burst out in verse 33 of chapter 10, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments and unfathomable His ways! And then he goes into explaining how God in all His glory has done these things. And it's just amazing when you stop and sit back and say, how did that happen? God informed us. In Ephesians, we have a similar thing developing in front of us. God in His great acts of redeeming us and forgiving us and precious things that they are. 
He's also causing us to grow more and more in understanding of what He has done. He is at work in you. He is at work in you. Notice how it started in verse 8. In all wisdom and insight. (laughs) In all wisdom and insight. You know, creation is quite a display of God's wisdom and insight, isn't it? And you stop and think about it. And you try to put the pieces together. How else do you explain it? Not only the little things like microorganisms and all these other things, but the big things like whales and, and elephants and things like that. How do you put all that together and take God out of the picture and make sense of it? But we are told in Psalm 104, for example, it says, Oh Lord, how many are your works in wisdom you have made them all. And the more you study that, you're going to say, wow, he is very, very wise. But folks, your salvation is also fashioned by the same God of wisdom and insight. Don't minimize what he has done for you. And don't look at yourself like, you know, I'm just nobody. In wisdom and insight, he has done this for you. In wisdom and insight. We said last week he's omniscient. Is he still that way? Okay, he's still that way. That means he's complete in all wisdom, complete in all insight, and he lavished upon you his redemption and his forgiveness and given you the ability to learn and see how he's put it all together. And I want to ask you something. Is that a mistake on his part to save you? Was that like, well, I just got caught up because the guy next to me got saved and it kind of spilled in on Now, that's not... God intentionally is doing this in your life. Do you see it? It's in His wisdom that He's doing this. Look at the work that He's investing in you. How incredibly wise it is for Him to put you in a relationship with Himself. That's intense. Stops me in my tracks. He thought of you sometime in eternity past. I don't know how all that works, but I do know that he already had a Savior understood to have died for you before the Savior ever came. He was slain before the foundation of the world. I don't get it. I wasn't there. But we also know that he chose us in him, verse 4 says, notice, chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Now put that in the picture. Only a God of wisdom and insight could figure this one out. But that's what he did. And over the years, he brought all those pieces together, all those parts together, from man's need of a Savior, to the promise of a Savior, to the giving of a Savior, to the death of a Savior, the resurrection of a Savior, to the place where you've learned about this Savior and understood for the first time you needed that Savior. And he became what? Your Savior. That's what he's been doing. That's the path, the place that he's mapped out in all this process. That's what he's been doing. And moving on in that process, don't be surprised if he's not only brought you to a place of knowing his will, but he also lays out before you his future plans as well. Because he does have those two. I've often said he didn't save you without a purpose in mind. 
And He did save you with a purpose in mind. It says in verse number 8, this was all in accordance to His kind intention. No, verse number 9. According to His kind intention, which He purposed in you. He purposed in Christ. This is His kindness toward you. This is a purposeful thing He's done for you in the area of your growth of knowledge. He plans for you includes a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. And I know, I know, I can't do full justice to what I'm going to share with you. But I read it in God's Word and there will be a come a time when we will experience it and we're going to stand there with our mouths wide open. But there will be a come a time when God will show to you what it's all about. He would tell you what is in His Word, yes. But we also need to experience it to fully understand it all. God's purpose for saving you or saving me is so much bigger than just because we were in trouble. Our salvation is not merely for our sake. Did I surprise you? It's not just for your sake that God has saved you. But God plans to glorify His Son through you. You've been bought with the blood of His Son, but you've been bought for His Son. Listen to these things. Second Corinthians, you've got to back up just a little bit. It's not much on your Bible. Second Corinthians chapter 2. You back up, you've got Galatians there, and then you're into Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter number 2. Watch this. I've got several passages to read here, but these are good. Time? Good. We've still got a minute. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Watch this. You got it? Verse 14. Chapter 2. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Say, what? This is a picture of a Roman parade. When the general comes back, he has won the battle. And behind him are his soldiers and behind them are those that they won in battle, and then further on down, there are those who have been conquered and they're awaiting their final outcome too. But this is a general coming back, and with him rides his army. We are allowed to walk in the triumph of Christ. That's a parade, folks. It manifests in this passage. Uh, to a sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. There's again knowledge, right? For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. What we are, He has gained in His victory. What we are, He has done it. So brace yourself for this. When it's all said and done, Back up now to 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 20. He says, this is what you should expect. I love this passage. It goes, again, way beyond my comprehension at times. But watch this. 1 Corinthians 15, start in verse 20. But now Christ has been risen from the dead. <laughs> we celebrated that, what? Several weeks ago. The first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, verse 21, by a man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all died, so also in Christ all will be made alive. 
but each in his own order. Christ, the first fruits, and then those who are Christ at his coming. So that's speaking of not only him and the victory over death, but you are in the picture now too. Because you belong to him. And watch what happens. Verse 24. Then comes the end. Okay, what is it? When he hands over the kingdom to the God and Father, who, when he has abolished all rule and all authority and all power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet, and the last enemy to be abolished is death, for he has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when he says he put all things in subjection, it's evident he is accepted, who has put all things in exception to, or subjection to him. Set that to the side for a minute. But when all things are subjected to him, verse 28 says, then the Son himself will be subjected to the one who subjected all things to himself, so that God may be all in all. You got it? What has happened here? There will come a day when all of this will go to the glory of God. It will be brought together. You'll be a part of it. And the whole reason that you are there and I am there in the big picture of it all is that your salvation was not meant just to save you and get you to heaven. Your salvation is what God has given you through His Son and He's given you to His Son. It's part of the big picture. With a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times. When it's all wrapped up and it's all summed up together in Christ. It doesn't matter if it's things on the heavens or things on the earth. Notice how Paul said that in Ephesians. It's all to His glory. It's all to His glory. Why is He making this known to you right now? Because how are we supposed to live with this knowledge? That this life is all about whether or not you can make your next payment on your car. Or whether or not that storm's going to whip through our part of the neighborhood. We've got a lot of concerns. We watch the stock markets. We worry about our jobs. We go and wonder about why eggs so expensive. You know, you can live in this world very wrapped up in this world. All day long, you can think about this world. I'd love it for us to start to shift our minds and think about things above where our Savior is. When it says He's made known to us, why does He tell you this? Why does He tell you the future? Why does He lay it out before you? So that you could know that, as we used to sing, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. We are citizens of heaven. Let's get our minds set where they should be. Thinking of this, in all this great thing He shows us in Ephesians, He saved you because you belong to Christ. Your full purpose and your full value is in Christ. He has informed you. That's not a small thing now, is it? It's not a small thing. You know, when we go on trips anymore... Uh, we want to save our vehicle from all the mileage and wear and tear and everything else that happens on a, a long road trip. So we like to rent vehicles. And it's kind of fun to get into one of those new things 
that's only driven, what, 8,000 miles and stuff like that, and say, wow, look at all these gadgets. Never used that before. You know, and all those fun things that come with a new car. The comforts that we don't generally get to experience. So it adds to the adventure of it all. And that's kind of fun. But all the while we're driving down the road, I'm mindful of this one thing. This is not my car. I want to return it as it looked when I got it. I want to return it so it looks in the best care that I could treat it. Folks, this life is not my own. The salvation is not my own. The word that I read to you and share with you, these are not my words. These are His. Everything I've got is borrowed for the time. And what I want to do in the end is hand it back to the one it belongs to and give Him the glory for it. Give Him the glory for it. That's the identity you wear right now. Do you see that? As informed people, you are privileged. Privileged with understanding God's will for you, not just in saving you, but how that relates to the glory that His Son is going to get someday before the Father. You're a part of that. The greatness of your salvation, the magnificence of your future, all that you know now because you wear a badge that says, I'm informed. You see the precious blessing this is? This is what He set before us. You didn't earn it, but you can wear it. It's made possible by Christ. I would say this. Enjoy the process of learning. It's a blessing from God to learn. I know there's some people, I've heard people even say this, well, I've read it once, so why do I have to look at it again? But this is my food. This is my drink. <laughs> but it's interesting to me how some people will just set this book aside after we leave the service and not pick it up again until next Sunday morning. Something like that. We're a Bible church. Bible, I love to say, is our middle name. Let's live up to it. God has done all these things so that you can have it and there's so much more to learn. But you've been informed. And that's what He's doing in your life right now. Keep growing, folks. Keep growing. Keep growing. Commit yourself to spending time in this book. Getting to know the God who loves you. The Savior who died for you. The future He has for you. Get to know it. What a precious thing He's given to us. Heavenly Father, You know our hearts this morning. Where we stand in relationship with You, whether or not we know You as Savior or not. So I ask, Lord, that if there's anybody here this morning who's never known Jesus Christ as a Savior, that right now they would come to understand that and they would call out for Him by faith. Believe. Believe that He is the only one who can save them. Lord, that's exciting. You've done that for so many of us. We rejoice in that today. But may we just not stop with that. But may we grow in our knowledge of what you have done, who you are, what you're doing in our lives, and what you have in store. May we not stop with just the fact that we're informed. But may we carry on that process of growing and growing and growing in the knowledge of your word, your will for us. Thank you, Lord, for taking so much time to do that in our lives. 
for loving us so much to bring us to an understanding of you, for bringing that person, whoever that was, that once said what, what God's Word meant and explained it to us, and we came to know Jesus as Savior. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done to bring that about. You're a great God. What a privilege it is to know you, to belong to you. And now, to win our title, we're informed. Praise you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name, amen.